Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns, doctor of Eastern medicine and holistic fertility expert. In these weekly sessions, I'll be bringing you the best of advice on nutrition, lifestyle, and natural medicine to optimize your fertility. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. Cool topic today. We're going to talk about um, exercise and its effect on our hormones and fertility and how our hormones affect our ability to exercise in different ways and get results over the course of our cycle. So here we go. Exercise is essential for well-being and is obviously one of the best health practices we can do ourselves on a daily basis. It's important to note, however, that stress Uh, sorry, that exercise can also be a stressor on the body. The hormonal response to an acute exercise session occurs in a progression of phases with the magnitude of its response being relative to the exercise work intensity or volume. So basically like it's a stressor on our body depending on, you know, how intense it is, how much of it we do, and also just our own makeup. Like Everybody's physiology is a little bit different. Someone with PCOS is maybe going to react differently than someone with endometriosis, someone with thyroid stuff different than someone with insulin resistance or someone who doesn't have any of those diagnoses. So exercise can, like the needs can differ from person to person, but there are some general broad strokes that I will get into in this session to optimize your hormones um, with exercise and therefore optimize your fertility. So an excessive intensity, which is, you know, what you're told by fertility clinics and whatever to avoid excessive aerobic exercise or excessive exercise in general, because if it's too intense or too frequent um, or too long of sessions, then it leads to a maladaptation and is associated with inappropriate hormonal responses, most notably deficiencies in key hormones necessary for reproduction. So basically you can start to have deficiencies of certain hormones. If you're doing too much exercise or too high intensity of exercise or what have you, but it's also not good to do nothing. So this whole idea that like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant, so I can't do anything. So I'm going to sit around like that's terrible for your hormones too. It'll lead to like more sugar sitting around in your blood that you need to burn off. It can lead to deficiencies of hormones just from imbalances of blood sugar and insulin or from excess fat accumulation. Before we talk about how exercise affects our hormones, I wanted to touch on some interesting research about how our hormones affect our behavior and abilities. Um, Just so you can see the link here. For close to a century, since a famous 1924 study involving rats, uh, scientists have found that female mammals tend to be most physically active just before they ovulate, when they are also most sexually receptive. Um, This behavior makes evolutionary sense since female animals presumably need to be on the hunt for their mate. In the intervening decades, researchers began to speculate that estrogen must play a role in driving this behavior, which in subsequent studies indicate that um, female lab animals' daily activity level typically would surge and wane in tandem with their estrogen levels. And just as a refresher on the physiology or the hormone fluctuations in our cycle, the beginning of our cycle, like from when our period is ending to when we ovulate, is the peak estrogen levels. And there's not really progesterone in play at that point. And then we ovulate, we have a surge of LH hormone to release our egg, and then we start producing more progesterone. And there's still estrogen in the mix, but now we have progesterone um, being the dominant hormone that uh, helps with implantation and maintaining a pregnancy. 
So how could estrogen, which primarily controls ovulation and other aspects of reproduction, influence physical activity? That physiological puzzle recently drew the attention of the professor of physiology at the University of California, San Francisco, who has a longstanding research interest in women's physiology and metabolism. She and her collaborators wondered if estrogen might somehow shape um, genetic activity in the brain, which would then activate brain cells in ways that could set in motion like basically motion itself, like exercise and movement and behavior. So to make a a long story short, the animals with low estrogen or no estrogen became noticeably more sedentary than the other females, confirming that estrogen somehow affects physical activity. Estrogen may promote endurance, performance, and inspiration by alterating Carbohydrate, fat, and protein metabolism with progesterone often appearing to act antagonistically. Interesting that we feel more inclined to sit around after ovulating to basically be gestating our pregnancy. So we're, we're really designed that, that way to like be active and be outgoing and be seeking in the follicular phase leading up to our ovulation. And then once the progesterone hits, it's like, okay, sit around. I'm not that motivated anymore. So fascinating. Um, So now that we've covered that and how our hormones affect our behavior, let's look at the research on how exercise affects our hormones. So there was a human study that involved participants doing five cycles of exercise training and doing like around 300 minutes per week at 80 to 85% of maximal aerobic capacity. So like pretty high intensity. Um, During the last two exercise cycles, they measured urinary estradiol, so estrogen, and progesterone levels, and they were measured daily. And the total estrogen declined by 19%, and the total progesterone declined by 24%. Declines were mostly due to decreased luteal phase levels, so that's the post-ovulatory level. But interestingly, the menstrual cycle and, and luteal phase lengths were unchanged. So they didn't lose their period. They continued to menstruate and ovulate, but they just had lower hormone levels, which could definitely affect reproduction. Ladies, I have worked for years to put together a guidebook for this crazy fertility journey. It's called the Ultimate Fertility Guidebook. It contains all of my secrets, my hacks, everything to do with herbs, supplements, how to integrate acupuncture into your fertility treatment, how to eat for your cycle, how to eat for IVF, basically everything natural fertility and IVF, how to understand your hormones, how your body works, what mindfulness practices to do, how to exercise, everything is contained within these 300 pages and it is now available for sale on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, and all the other online outlets and in stores. So basically, the moral of the story here is the wrong kind of exercise or too much exercise um, will mostly affect your luteal phase, which is your implantation phase, and it just makes the hormone levels a bit too low for your body to, to take or hold a pregnancy. But don't worry, you don't have to be sedentary. As long as the exercise is performed in a moderate amount rather than excessively, it can actually help your progesterone and positively regulate a menstrual cycle, even if it's an irregular menstrual cycle, um, by boosting levels of progesterone in the body um, if you're not producing enough on its own. According to the American Heart Association, moderate exercise consists of 150 minutes of activity per week, so half of what they were doing in that study. 
the hormone progesterone with the help of estrogen can act to burn fat, which moderate exercise can aid in. According to Metabolic Effect Incorporated, higher intensity and shorter duration activities such as sprints can regulate progesterone levels as long as this type of activity is not done in excess or sustained. So you don't want to go for long runs. You don't want to go for long bike rides. You want to do things in sprints, like small amounts. Basically, like circuit training is what I would recommend if you're wanting to do something beyond just lift weights. So you would do a few burpees and maybe you would do a sprint and maybe you would do kettlebell, that kind of thing. And for not very long, like 20, 30 minutes, which fits very nicely into our lifestyle these days because like a lot of people don't have a lot of time to do this stuff. Um, So it's kind of nice that you can accomplish a wonderful hormone-supporting, metabolism-supporting, mental health-supporting workout in a very short duration of time. Also notable is that weight training has benefits on the levels of progesterone as well. And again, progesterone is our gestation hormone. It's, It's what you produce after you ovulate, and it's also what is negatively impacted by excessive exercise by excessive stress hormones. So progesterone is depleted by stress. Progesterone is depleted by excess exercise or overwork. And so we really want to support this hormone and modify our behavior to support this hormone because without progesterone, you you cannot basically gestate a pregnancy. Like that is the hormone that helps you have implantation and maintain the pregnancy. So moderate weight training performed two to three days per week can oppose the action the action of stress hormones such as cortisol and that's important given that chronic stress and elevated levels of cortisol can deplete progesterone moderate weight training also helps assure plenty of the human growth hormone which progesterone plays a role in and is the hormone that supports a pregnancy especially in the first trimester so moderate weight training helps assure plenty of human growth hormone hcg so that is supporting the progesterone that is supporting the pregnancy Moderate levels of activity that are not performed in excess, including aerobic activity, short duration, high intensity activity, and weight training two to three times a week are best for keeping progesterone at a healthy level and keeping your menstrual cycle regular, especially if fertility is your goal. Of course, if you're here, that's the goal. And in most healthy adult women, exercise only negatively affects progesterone and throws off your fertility and menstrual cycle when high intensity excessive activity is performed. So if you are doing, if you're trying, if you're really trying to be the fittest of your life, again, you're running really far you're doing so intense for like extended periods of time like 45 minutes to an hour rather than like 20 to 30 minutes and you're not letting your heart rate come down so if you do a little sprint for a minute then you walk if you lift something heavy then you stop and wait for another rep I'm a big fan of exercise like that you know would do be duped sort of like girly exercises like Pilates and bar for example when trying to get pregnant. And I wouldn't suggest, though I though I do think some weight training in the luteal phase is totally great for your hormones, I don't think that um, lifting super heavy dumbbells if you have an embryo in your uterus is a good idea. We don't need to do like super heavy lifting, but you can certainly do seated things like kettlebells and what have you, or seated weights. So think about this with your workout. Don't be sedentary, um, in the very least walk. And walk a bunch. And if you want to do, you know, more of the, you know, intense or extended periods of exercise, that's in the follicular phase, like when you're leading up to ovulating. And then 
you're just going to be a bit more lazy and, and structured about your workouts in the luteal phase. Um, in the luteal phase post ovulatory, that's when you're going to be doing more walking. That's when you're going to be doing a bit of weight training. And if you do anything aerobic, you're doing short bursts of it. Hope that is clear. And remember that everything is balanced, right? Try not to go too far in one direction. Try to find the middle path. And that's where our system calms down enough to um, find like the homeostasis or the balance necessary for conception. See you next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.